Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to It Takes Two, the podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. And in this holiday special episode, um, we're back to all my Christmas movies again. Nick's favourite. And we watched uh, 2023's Christmas in Notting Hill and 2016's Christmas in Homestead. Yes. Both Hallmark Christmas movies. Yes, both Hallmark Christmas movies about a person travelling to somewhere that they're not from and don't live and falling in love with someone else. And one of them is famous and the other one is not famous. Yeah. This is, this is basically the gist, right? Yeah. And that's the episode. <laughs> um, how similar did you find these? Because I found it hard... Because we... Spoiler alert, for this, for this episode, we really wanted to cover one of these movies for a reason we'll discuss later. Um, so what? I had... What reason is on? Oh, yeah. You know the reason. So I know I, the reason. So I had to find a similar movie to it, and we wanted to stick to it being Hallmark also. So this was the closest I could get. Did you think they were similar enough? Yeah. It's normal, everyday person introduced accidentally to super famous person and they have a hallmark trademarked romantic connection and then it turns out everybody else is like also involved with them and blah 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 yeah both of them had a lot of coincidences that's like um you know that when they first meet they don't know that they're going to be you know because they don't know who each other are in the first meeting in both instances and they don't know that they're going to be connection and then um, in Christmas in Notting Hill, it turns out that um, her sister is dating his brother. Um, so the family she's come to meet for Christmas is his family. And in Christmas in Homestead, it turns out that he both owns the the inn that she's going to be staying in and is the mayor of the town and has been like trying to stop her from coming there because she is a famous actress and he doesn't want the film a film to be filmed there. It's not that he doesn't want the film to be filmed there. He just doesn't want the film... To interrupt the, the to, normal to, town festivities. Yeah, because he is a mayor and he's, again, because it's a Hallmark movie, super all about Christmas. Yeah, yeah. What no I other love... holidays or religions or creeds matter. It's all about Christmas. No, no, hang on. We are at some point. At some point we're going to cover some Hallmark Hanukkah movies. Um, we're just, this is a Hallmark Christmas movie, and in Hallmark Christmas movies, it's all about Christmas. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I particularly loved how meta Christmas and Homestead is. It's so meta. So it's, it's a cringe cause, level meta. Because I thought it was, like, I predicted the extra layer of meta. I was like, oh, I hope they're doing this, and then it was true. So it's, a, so the main actress in the movie is playing so she's she's filming in a hollywood or so she's from hollywood she's filming in a small town uh i think this must be in indiana is that right i can't remember um i'll, I'll double check that later i thought it was ohio is it ohio is that where they're supposed to be i, I don't know somewhere in it's the middle of nowhere irrelevant. it's not filmed there anyway oh it's supposed to be iowa iowa, iowa. is where it's supposed to be it's, we're both wrong um, yeah, so it's supposed to be small, so she's filming in a small town in Iowa, and she's there filming a Christmas movie, and the Christmas movie is about an actress filming a Christmas movie. 
pound. I'm falling in love with the innkeeper. And guess what, guys? <laughs> I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. She falls in love with the innkeeper. End of episode. It. We don't I have to continue. It. It's, it's great. It's fantastic. I mean, like, I've never seen... I feel like I've never seen a Hallmark movie that so much takes the piss out of Hallmark movies while still being, a, like, genuinely a Hallmark movie. Can I... Can I just put my big fat head in on here yep. and just say, Christmas in Notting Hill actually feels like a movie mm. where the... So for those who don't religiously watch Hallmark movies, and I know there are people in our in our group, in our fans, who do religiously watch Hallmark movies. Yeah. And people the, who just enjoy the casual Hallmark movies. Okay. Yeah. The... Constant music. Mm. And it's this weird, playful, borderline copy fr- copyright-free, la-la-la-la-la, la-la-la-la-la, <laughs> in the background, is so jarring. Mm-hmm. Like, I... If this is your kind of junk food for the brain, if you're that kind of person... You know, I don't, I don't care. You know, that's that's on you, buddy. That's your decision. <laughs> that's on you, buddy. But like, if this is your kind of junk food, can we please just agree that it takes us out? It hmm. takes me out of the movie. It, right. It's it because well, I love act over the top dumb action movies. You've got to think about the fact that it is Hallmark. It's literally a card company. They're just Chris. They're just animated Christmas cards, yeah. basically. The thing is, is that like, I like over the top action movies. Yeah. And over the top action movies always have the like crescendo of the like background music mm-hmm. always come, you know, and it's that like they're in a fan and the hero's shirt is ripped and it's blowing in the wind and the damsels are like. I love you, but let's save the planet. You know, that kind of like, and then they kiss and then explosions. That I can get behind. But it's like, oh my God, you're baking cupcakes. La, 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 In the background is the most jarring thing to me and it pulls me out of the movie and it feels like I'm taking crazy pills. Mm. Speaking about being pulled out of the movie, I think knowing... That Christmas in Notting Hill was mostly filmed in Dublin was was fun because I was mostly being like, oh, that looks like Rathmines. Oh, I think that's in Ranelagh. Yeah, so I knew the pub. For for those who aren't up onto the matter of where this one movie is, that you'll understand why momentarily, <laughs> or if you're a super fan, you'll know why. Uh, in pointing that's not London, that's Dublin. Yeah. It's so important to Lisa. <laughs> just because she's from Dublin. Yes. Um, yes. And they only did two days of filming in I, London. I think so, something like that. I couldn't find the exact dates, but yeah, they, they, they did a very small amount of filming in London. And there's a lot of B-roll that could be either stock footage or like they just got like a very small skeleton yeah. crew to go out and film some I, landmarks. Because quite often the shots that are definitely London, there's none of the actors in them. Yeah. The only time any of the actors in them are like the open top bus tour they do. Yeah, so they do an open top bus tour Wearing and then uni say goodbye hats. to London at the end of the tour. <laughs> and it's like, were they supposed to leave that in? <laughs> but yes, being filmed in Dublin, um, when I recently visited Dublin, it, for the people who ha- like are from the... the I'm going to sound very colonial here. From the New World, 
Um, it is a very gorgeous old town, and we watched in Bruges last night. We did, and yeah. you know, Colin uh, Colin Farrell's character talks about the fact that he doesn't give a shit about old stuff because he grew up in Dublin. Yeah, and as a New Zealander. And as a person who hasn't travelled as much as Lisa, my lovely co-host and fiancé, my fiancé. Um, Way to announce that on the Hallmark Christmas movie episode. It feels meta. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the Dublin is a very old place. And for me, it was travelling to a church um, that was... Like, there was a plaque in the church that we visited and do a, did a little mini tour of um, that was like, they had a plaque that was talking about the renovations it did. Yeah, the, the bell 19, tower was renovated. In 1885, I believe. No, I think it was 1840, something like that? It was, it was old. And I'm just it was because you said it was older than New Zealand as a country. Yeah. So I think it was 1840. 40 or something it like that. was ridiculous and i was just like they're just absolutely blown away because i love history stuff yeah. and I, like for going... people in dublin that's saint Alduin's church if you want to go visit it yeah it's near christchurch but yeah smaller than the church and not the christchurch that's in the south island uh no no so, yeah sorry it's near christchurch <laughs> cathedral in dublin not, not christchurch Christ the town that was destroyed in an earthquake yeah um it's yeah it, it was fun it was fun being there and then, you know, watching a movie that's supposed to be filmed in London. And, like, after watching in Bruges, it makes me want to go to Bruges, which is in <laughs> Belgium. Um, it's, it's just so bizarre. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, like um, you know, there obviously is going to be cheaper to film in Dublin than it would have been to film in London. Yeah, and the and architecture like, will be similar for a lot of... Because they, they, I think the buildings... That they primarily filmed them were Edwardian style buildings. Yeah. So that you know. was sorry to like jump in and, and, and talk about something we did on our trip. Yeah. But it was the moment I think we were just wandering around Dublin mm -hmm. and we because we had when we bought our home this our home together mm -hmm. um in our lovely recording studio which you're currently listening to us in, um, is we were we were looking at real estate, mm -hmm. and it was just absolutely bonkers, and like like doing the conversions in my head, just being like, I don't understand how people can afford to live in these like really they are gorgeous neighborhoods. Mm. They are absolutely breathtaking from a from like the thing about New Zealanders is everything. Unless you go to, like, a really nice area, most houses in New Zealand are built out of wood. Yeah. Because of earthquakes, because of the available timber being so available. You know, if you go back to houses and, and places that were built, you know, um, say, say, 100 years ago in New Zealand, um, like the oldest, oldest house in Wellington is now, like, a museum or something. It's, a, it's, a real, it's not a house house anymore. It's all timber because of how accessible timber was. Mm -hmm. And then you go to Dublin, you go to, like, the old parts of Ireland, the um, the western parts of Ireland. Mm -hmm. And even just driving around Ireland was amazing because you drive around rural New Zealand yeah. and there'll be some random paddock 
was some random old-ass house that's, like, roofs caved in, but the walls, like, the framework and the walls are still standing, and you're like, oh, well, that could be, like, maybe close to 100 years old. <laughs> and then you go and you drive around Dublin, and you drive out of Dublin, and you drive into the countryside, and there's the same rustic, run-down house on a piece of farmland in the middle of nowhere, but you have no freaking clue what the okay. date of that... You're like, oh, that's about a thousand years old. <laughs> yeah, well, not, not to a thousand, but, like, that could be 700, That you know, mm. like, it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, the churches we were in in Dublin are, you know, some of them are a thousand years old yeah. or older. Yeah. That one, that one that you hated, that I think it was the one that we did, like, the... I hate it. The, the U-turn in the in the okay. driveway because there's a graveyard, so you were not happy about it. So that's from I think that was built in the six hundreds. So the it's it's related to New Zealand culture. It's heavily um, deep set in New Zealand culture um, that when you're around dead bodies um, or burial places, it's tapu, and the thing you have to do when leaving a graveyard or anywhere there's, there's human remains, is wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, being a New Zealander touring Ireland, I ended up just carrying water with me the entire time because I was just constantly having to wash my hands because the entire country, <laughs> there are dead bodies everywhere. And it was really a culture shock to me. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, everything is so... Like, New Zealand is such a young country, yeah. like... Like that, that church was, uh, it was the 8th century, so the 700s that it was originally built in. It's had plenty of renovations since then. That's but the, that, that site and that graveyard have been there for uh, like almost a thousand and a half years. You know, yeah. it's been, what's that, 1300 years? And we went to visit the um, burial mounds, which are like old, older than the pyramids. Yeah, Newgrange. Yeah. And um, as I say, yeah, Nelson and Douth. No, Hoth, no. My brain is... I get confused with, like, Hoth. No. <laughs> things spelled similarly and pronounced differently. Well, it's your country, so yep. you can mispronounce them all you want. Thank you. Uh, um, foreigners can't do that, because it's rude. Um, where were we, oh, yeah, the architecture of Dublin is very similar, yeah. And it was very obvious to you while we were watching Christmas in Notting Hill being like, that's clearly not, that is. That yeah, it's like, isn't. that's a, that I think is around the corner from my friend's parents' house. And yeah. that's, you know. <laughs> anyway, let's get into the meat of the movie. Yeah. Um, Christmas in Notting Hill is about a the captain of the premier football team whose brother is an investment banker who's marrying the American sister, but she's also American, and then there are only half-brothers. Yeah, the half-brother thing was clearly so because to set up the fact that she didn't know who he was um, when she met him first, yeah. because he's got a different last name to the brother yeah. that she's there to visit, which makes sense. They had to have some excuse for it, I guess. And he's got a knee injury, mm-hmm. and... The weird, I don't know, there was, it felt like a real movie because it was, some of the parts were so jarring and so bizarre that it only could happen in a movie where the, where Christmas and Homestead 
felt like exactly how you described it, made by a green card company. Um. Yeah. So what I thought was my my thoughts on the two movies, like generally speaking, was that Christmas and Homestead had much cheesier writing but better acting, and Christmas and Notting Hill had um maybe more realistic writing or more you know more modern movie style writing um but less good acting now i think some of the actors did pretty well i i thought the main guy actually saved it a bit but i really did was not a fan of the lead actress yeah some of her yeah it felt like i don't i what's the easiest way to put this people who have been behind the scenes or have acted or have been part of a production team will understand. Mm -hmm. People who love movies will understand. You know, um, I think we joked about, um, it's not really a joke. It's it's actually quite horrible. Um, Stanley Kubrick's um, methods when we're talking about the Shining episode and how he would literally emotionally break down people so he gets the performance from them. The... I think what Christmas in Notting Hill had that was an issue as a viewer who's watched a lot of movies, as we both have, mm-hmm. was a lack of takes. Because it right. felt like they just took the best right. one out of the five, maybe, yeah. they got per thing, um, per per um, scene. And I think that was the biggest like, issue. Like Tommy Wiseau, with the, the, where one of the scenes, the best shot, the one that's in the movie, is him clearly walking, looking at the ground for to, till he gets to his mark and then waving at the camera crew. Yeah. And then continuing on. And that's the movie, the shot that's in the movie because it was the best take. Um, I think there was just a lack of chemistry. I think that was what bothered me most about uh, Christmas in Notting Hill. There was a lack of chemistry between the characters. And I don't just mean like the, the romantic leads. The romantic leads... Oh, was you know there was some it was it was a little bit they were working on it, but the sisters did not feel like sisters. Yeah, they, they felt like, so awkward. Uh, they felt like I think it could have been better written, mm. and the way I would have done it if I was part of the writing team doing the original plot, I think they should have been the dad and the like the 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 whole spiel is the mum. Passed away. Yeah. So that's why she got closer to her sister. But it just like talks about the fact that like I raised you with our dad. Yeah. And that whole sequence when she's trying to talk. So she, after they meet together and then go their separate ways and then end up meeting again mm-hmm. is the day the brother has gone to get his engagement ring that he's going to give to the sister. Her sister, not his sister. Um, <laughs> just to be clear, yeah, and he ends up handing it over to the brother. I can't remember any of their names because they're the most generic white people names. Um, I can't remember the, any of the characters. So names. the the leads are Georgia and Graham. Georgia, yeah. Uh, the Graham sis- like sisters... the cracker. Yeah, Graham, Graham like, like the, the cracker. cracker. Uh, sister is Lizzie, and um, then the brother is Henry. Yeah, I believe. so Henry picks up the wedding ring, gives it to Graham Cracker. Engagement ring. Engage, yeah, engagement ring. And then he just happens to bump into Georgia while she's sitting in a cafe and then f- instantly forgets the engagement ring. Yeah. Because he's so like, 
Oh my god, you're a woman who doesn't treat me like a star. I want to be around you because this is the one piece of like my life I'm missing because I am the captain of this premier football yeah, team. Yeah, they really early on hammered home the fact that like, oh, women only want to be around me because I'm famous. Yeah, and, like, and then okay, she's we like, get it. She, she's <laughs> like, I have no idea who the fuck you are, buddy. And then that's the end of it. Yeah, and then I he's do. He's like, I love you because you don't know, you don't know who I am. I do like where you know he he asks for her name and she tells him, and then and then she's like, you're not gonna tell me your name, and he's like, ha, funny, and she's like, Why I don't it? get it. Yeah. Do I have to guess? Like, what yeah. is this? And he's like, oh wait, you're serious. And she's like, yes. <laughs> anyway, the point that I was gonna make, the I think maybe if the dad and the mum had split before she died. And that's when she came back into the... Georgia came back into the... Like, if her father and mother were living together with her sister. She, because there's too close of an age gap as well to being like, oh, well, I was your big sister and I... She did say that she's her much younger sister. Because that's a whole... It is a whole plot point early on. early When she, when she knows about the engagement ring but doesn't know that it's for her sister. Yeah. She's not concerned about age things because... I think her and Graham are supposed to be around the same age, and then Graham's brother is supposed to be a lot younger because he's his half brother. He's from yeah. a second marriage, and then her sister. She talks about her being her. She literally, when they meet up again, and she realizes that it's her sister and his brother. You know, are who they are. She's like, oh, our much younger siblings. Yeah. Um. So there obviously is supposed to be an age. It doesn't look like there's no. an age gap, but there obviously is supposed to be a, like a significant age gap between them. Yeah, they, they come off way too closely as, like, old friends. They don't even come across like friends. They come across like people who, like, went to school together and haven't seen each other in 15 years and are like, oh, cool. <laughs> Is he? I feel like I had more chemistry, actually, with a friend uh, who I ran into in Wellington that I hadn't seen since secondary school, and it turned out we were both in Wellington at the same time when I moved here first. Yeah. So we literally spent Christmas together because neither of us had family or anyone around. And it turned out we lived around the corner from each other. And, but, like, that's, that's the level of chemistry they have, is, like, these two friends, you know, who were, like, kind of friends, but not, like, super close. Yeah. Um, and haven't seen each other in a while. And they're like, oh, yeah, let's hang out, I guess, because we know each other. Um, not, like, close friends who have reunited or siblings. Yeah. <laughs> Especially not, like, siblings who are supposed to have been ke- keeping in touch. Yeah. Um... Because they it's have bizarre. no idea what's going on with each other. Yeah, they they really don't know. I did, I think I put in my notes at some point that they need a chibbling chat. Because um, that's <laughs> what me and my siblings call our, our our group chat that we have. But they don't even need a group chat, there's only two of them. Yeah. But they need to just actually talk to each other sometimes. You know? The, uh... So, it's interesting... With the inclusion of modern technology in movies. Mm. The whole fact that everybody instantly texts back drives me absolutely insane. Yeah, especially with the time difference and the fact that she's, like, texting on her American phone in the UK. Yeah. Like, did she get a new SIM card? Does she just have, like, really good roaming? Yeah, does she... I don't know, as a a person who has travelled to other countries (laughs) with, with phones that, you like, you cannot get them to work... Um, it's odd to me that she's able to, that she's like, as soon as she's arrived, she's like, I'll text dad. And then he immediately texts back. And it's and like, it's, it's, 
It's the weirdest text message. So, Siri, please respond with a thumbs up or something like that? Yeah. And yeah. you're like, what? It's obviously, the, the joke is that he's old, so he's using um, voice to text. But, yeah. like, he wouldn't have been able to do that that quickly anyway. Yeah. Because she literally just sent, like, it pops up on the... And I don't know who started this trend, but it annoys me because it... it that they popped up on the same side? Yeah, they popped up on the same side. That's just... It's just bad design. Yeah. Because it's, like, every single messaging app I've ever used has had you on one side and the person you're messaging but on the other side. But it's also the trend of, I'm tired of seeing text messages pop up on screen. Right. It feels like a very, like... I did like that when we watched Christmas at Homestead. <laughs> the, <laughs> the version of it we watched was in such bad quality that there's a moment where she gets a text message and you just see it on the actual phone screen and I was like, I, could, I cannot I, make out a single word of that message. Yeah. I hope it's not relevant to the plot. I don't know. Yeah, thanks, Hallmark, for mm. making it so difficult for us to watch your stuff. But, um, yeah, oh my god, because we tried to watch Christmas in Notting Hill the day it was released, and it was like setting up a VPN, and then yeah. like getting a 20-minute free trial of YouTube TV so that we could watch... Five minutes of ads. Yeah, Five literally minutes of show. Five, five minutes, minutes of, of ads, ads. and like, then it's... What? And then the uh, the thing cuts off, and we're like, cool, all right, there's my 20, my 20 free minutes. Time to leave. Better sign up on this trial. Um, thankfully, a lot, a lot of people uploaded it to YouTube very quickly. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I'm sure Hallmark won't be very thankful for that, but I'm <laughs> thankful. And my mom is thankful, because I know she watched it on YouTube. Because um, I guess I, I can explain why we wanted to watch Christmas and not oh, a why, why is that? Don't hold it's, uh, back. Why is that? It's because there's this really great actor in it. Yeah, um, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, you got to watch out. It's like, I think an hour and ten minutes in. Um, he plays a really important character named Candy Floss Man. Oh, Candy Floss Guy. I apologize. Candy Floss, one word. Guy, separate word. Um, and that's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> so if you watch Chris's in, in Notting Hill, look out for my brother. He is important to the plot. It's so funny because when, when he was filming it, like this was filmed in March. Yeah. So we were discussing it at the time and I was like, oh, I hope it releases in time for us to do an episode. Because um, otherwise this would be next year's episode probably. But, um, like, I remember discussing it, and he wasn't sure whether he was going to be kept in it or not. Um, and I remember we were like, oh, do you say anything to them about their relationship or anything about, you know, making them believe in Christmas and stuff? And he was like, oh, you know, I don't know. Um, literally, it is a main plot point. Yeah, <laughs> there yeah. was no way they were cutting it out. Because <laughs> um, I, because I didn't get to watch it on the, on the premiere, I was following along on, um... The Hallmark movies Reddit have a um, they had a watch along thread, so I was following all what people were saying in that. And there's a and they do the two leads um, share a kiss about halfway through the movie, and people were, you know, talking about it in this thread because these are people, you know, some of them will be listening who are pretty passionate about Hallmark movies and have watched a lot of them and know the kind of formulas like they understand why we do these episodes because. There, there are a lot of similar plots in Hallmark movies. Um, but, like, they were saying, oh, they've kissed really early in this movie, which means 
towards the end, there's going to be a big fight or a big, you know, conflict that has to be resolved. So then when it turns out <laughs> that my brother's scene is the him, one causing, is the him causing the conflict, I was like, oh, there was no way this was getting cut. <laughs> like, this is ideal. Um, so the conflict is actually the same in both movies. Yeah. Um, or kind of. Um, a conflict, because there's a, I feel like there's a lot more conflicts happening in Christmas and Homestead. But a main conflict in both movies is that uh, someone, a member of paparazzi, has photographed them together and it's been published in a tabloid um, and they don't want the unwanted attention and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they have the tension amongst themselves because of it. Um, Yeah, so in, in Christmas at Homestead, all the paparazzi show up at his door, which, ironically... Is something that happens in Notting Hill, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which is obviously what Christmas and Notting Hill is is inspired by. Um, and in Christmas and Notting Hill, it's just that she gets real freaked out about it. I think she's just at such a crossroads in her yeah, life and her career. She, um, I think it's important to mention she's... On paper, she's actually a really decent person. Uh, she uh, teaches... Um, uh, it's it's uh, I can't remember. Is it? It's she she works in special education. I yeah, think is how she phrases it. So I think she teaches children with with um different needs. And yeah, because they in the first sequence where they're I guess hanging out in a gym before she flies over. Um. I th- you see a um a variety of kids with learning. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know what the politically correct statement for it. I think learning disabilities is still a... Yeah. Um, one of the okay. students has Down syndrome. What The girl next to her, I believe, I, it's very difficult, and this is like an ongoing thing within healthcare just in general, it's very di- difficult to diagnose uh, young girls with any form of um, neurological issues. Yeah, um, it's a huge, a huge thing because of how so many definitions of things and the you know the book on diagnosing a lot of a lot of stuff like ADHD autism etc was written based on diagnosis of young boys yeah but the girl next to her is clearly neurodivergent Mm. um, because she is so super focused on everything the teacher is saying yeah to the point where I don't think any like I think one of the other students gets like one line in right and that's about it, and she's just like yappity 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 right next to it. Yeah. And you know, um, and there's a and so she's trying to decide if she's going to be working with an organisation who exclusively work with people with learning disabilities, and that's her like big crossroads. Is she like? Going to fall in love with this super famous dude. Well, she's got because she she's al- going to follow her career. And well, she already she has to, to. She's already in a crossroads with the career stuff. Yeah. Because she's been accepted to, into a master's program in, I think they, it's Indiana University or something, which is not the real name of it. It's like they call it the Museum of Britain. They swap Ugh. around the names of both. I've seen people be mad about both things. It's obviously a copyright issue or something, or not wanting to to get a lawsuit involved. Um, but anyway, yeah, so she has been accepted into this master's program, but she's also been submitted, and, and later she finds out she's been accepted into this program um, that, is, that would send her 
it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to travel the world doing education. Yeah. Um, which she really wants to do, but she also doesn't want to give up on you know the stability of the masters. It's a little bit the same. Christopher Holmes says that he doesn't want to change the situation because he likes having the predictability and the stability of. His do you know what life. I find found hilarious with the whole like lodge owner, and the the fact that he's also mayor. What, you know what popped into mind? Oh. Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek. Yeah. 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 That's, That's what popped into show. mind when he was just like, oh, he's the lodge owner and also the mayor. I was yeah. just like, why is this Shit's Creek? <laughs> why is this a Christmas Shit's Creek? Um, yeah, I do think he seemed like he was a little bit more competent than Roland Shit. Yeah. Um, but just but yeah, so, so she, obsessed with Christmas. But she's at a crossroads anyway in her career situation. And then she also has this situation where she's like, oh, do I want to move... To, to London to yeah. be with this guy that I've known for two days. <laughs> don't worry, you don't have to move to London. It's actually filmed in Dublin. So yeah, yeah, it looks nicer. nicer. Place. Yeah. Um, yeah, and in both cases, like, some amount of conflict and tension in the relationships comes from the fact that one of them not only is famous, no, it's not only that one of them is famous, but one of them has, like, a, a career that's very fixed to a place. Like, um... Graham is not not just a, a in you know a, in a Premier League team. He's in a specific team that he wants to stay in because it was his father's favorite team. I think where his father was involved with the team. There's a whole plot point because he's got a dead dad and she's got a dead mom, and there's yeah. they go into it. But um, yeah. So he is tied to that place, and obviously in Christmas and Homestead, he he owns a lodge and is the mayor of the town. He can't yeah. just like up and leave, and then you have you know. Um, Sarah Ramos's character, what's her name? Georgia, yeah. who is tied to Indiana and the Masters she wants to do. Um, and then uh, <laughs> I've forgotten the name of the the, the actress in the other one. What's her, what's her name? They talk. They say it all the time. They say it a bunch of times. Jessica McEllis is the oh, God. the character. Bland yeah. name. Yeah. So Jessica um, is from Hollywood and is doing movies and stuff, and she can't really move to a small town. And be doing Jessica's movies. character is far more interesting um, as the the movie star of like the ramifications that happens in the world because mm-hmm. in in my mind there is like a shared hallmark universe very much like the MCU right um, she was a she was like I wouldn't say Harry Potter. But it feels very much like the Aragon of their like right. universe. She is the the the. It's very because there's multiple movies. Multiple movies and obviously child friendly. Yeah, based on books, and um, she like is the heroine of this fantasy realm. Yeah. And it feels like she's like slaying dragons, something. Yeah, there's dra- definitely dragons involved. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's some kind of action. Action fantasy series that's yeah. friend kid friendly, but Jesse Jackson no yes. they they did say that the girl the kid wasn't allowed oh yeah we we have not mentioned oh my god how do we get this far without mentioning that in a classic Hallmark movie twist the uh, the innkeeper slash mayor is also a, a single, single dad father. yeah um, <laughs> so his daughter is a fan of these movies um, and. Um, she says at one point that there is one of the movies she hasn't been allowed to see because of the kissing in it. Yeah. Um, 
So I don't know, is that in the same series, or is it a different movie that the person is, that the actress is supposed to have been in? Because obviously this this Hallmark Christmas movie style movie that she's filming is not going to be a dragon movie. Yeah. You know, they're not going to CGI in a dragon coming into the town in Iowa and messing stuff up. Yeah, it's very, you know, it's very meta of a Hallmark movie about a movie being filmed in a small town that's obsessed with Christmas. Um, yep. <laughs> also not even filmed in Iowa it's filmed in Georgia it is cheaper um, yeah it's one of the um, the reason why The Walking Dead was filmed in Georgia it's mm-hmm. like one of the big things that their state did was just like you get basically I think it's tax write-offs yeah I think so I think it happens quite a lot there's a lot of stuff that gets filmed that's in Georgia that's so smart yeah New Zealand wake up guys we need to start <laughs> like allowing people to film here for what are you talking about they We've got James Cameron making dozens of Avatar movies here. They don't need to make, you know, cuts on that. James Cameron is here and he's making the stuff anyway. Yeah, but that's like one Avatar movie every two years. Yeah, but the amount of money coming in from that. Yeah, but... And and the jobs, because, I mean, you say, you know, a lot of it is CGI. How much of that CGI is being done in New Zealand? Yeah, true. But that only, like, there's one genre... We need more genre. We need more genre. So we need to entice Hallmark to New Zealand. Is what you're saying? We'll have a, oh, a Hallmark Christmas God. movie set in New Zealand. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I was gonna say. It'll be like just, that movie you keep trying to convince me to watch. Yeah, but the yeah, lady. falling in love. It's about an in again. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Kiwi that she falls in love with is played by an Australian. Yeah, that sounds Horrible. typical. Um, I was just going to say, I, I don't have very much in the way of trivia on these movies, but I, one of them has just come to mind because we were talking about the filming in Georgia. Um, because uh, the film actually had a significant economic impact on the, the town they filmed in. So I really am not going to be able to pronounce the name of the town they filmed in. Um, Dahlonega, I think. Okay. It's spelled D-A-H-L-O-N-E-G-A. Shout out to those people. Dahlonega. Um, so it had... An economic impact of $375,000 on the town and employed approximately 300 local people as extras. Which, ironically, they do in the movie as well. They're like, oh, we're going to need a whole load of extras for and this scene. And the town's like, yay! Yeah. Like, okay. So it's, they just, like, who I feel like whoever was writing it was like, oh, we'll just kind of go there and we'll see what we can <laughs> what we can write in from what's actually happening. Maybe the lead actors actually did fall in love with the innkeeper slash mayor while they were there, you know? And then it's like multiple layers of meta. That's yeah. very small town where you're the person who runs like the inn is also the mayor. The mayor. Well, the idea seems to be from like the beginning of it that... Uh, him and his sister, their parents own the inn. And then they're now so rich that they're now globe-trotting. Yeah, they're on a cruise somewhere. Like and they've up. left the inn to the yeah. their kids. Um, so he's the mayor and he's... So he was. I think he was already the mayor and he's inherited the inn from his parents. And it's interesting because, like, I dislike this when, when writers do it to female leads. And I feel a bit about the same when they come to male leads as well. His only motivation is is his daughter protecting the town from evil Hollywood mm-hmm. and Christmas. Where his little sister, on the other hand, yeah. is like, 
mum and dad did what they did. This is our time to shine. We're yeah. going to take this and make the, our lodge, which I don't even remember the name of because I'm pretty sure it's not. I think it's just called Homestead Lodge. Okay. Into a franchise. Yeah. Very much like, again, what I'm going to go back to is the end of Shit's Creek. <laughs> um, she wants to make it into a franchise. Yeah. And like, oh, we want more than this. And it's like, oh, we can't run it as a ma and pa thing. If if we franchise it, and she's just like, you're looking too, like, yeah. what are you talking about, older brother, who's supposed to be the driven character that's the... Well, it's, it is, I feel like it's explained, but it's in a subtle way. Because he doesn't actually care about Christmas. His wife loved Christmas. Oh, and his wife the dead wife. Yeah, and his wife loved the, the Festival of Lights and the Christmas Parade and all the Christmas traditions of the town. So he wants every year to be the exact same Christmas traditions, which is why you have all those scenes at the town hall where he's the only person being like, no, no, we can't let the film crew do this because we must do this exactly the same way we always do it. Um, and and everyone else is like, no, I'm quite happy to have the film crew come in and do this and do that, you know, local jobs, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, no, we can't, they can't interrupt this, they can't interrupt the, the snowman building, they can't interrupt, you know, the ice skating, the festival of lights, etc. Um... He is trying to relive the exact Christmas traditions him and his wife went through. Do you know what it feels like? What? It feels like Stardew Valley. Yeah, a little bit Stardew Valley. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, the same thing fest- happens every yeah. every year. All the weird festival yeah. stuff that's like unstoppable. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a little bit like that. It's Yeah, I think he definitely... Um, and like I said, it is subtle, but they do m- briefly mention it, that those were the things that she was interested in. Um, so it's a little bit of the, you know, getting past, you know, what, living in that past that you can't go back to, and, and that's what his sister is trying to encourage him, and unlike in Christmas in Notting Hill, the brother-sister relationship feels like a brother-sister relationship, (laughs) as opposed to, like, I don't know, Christmas in Notting Hill really, it, it had, like, those staples of a sibling relationship written by someone who doesn't have siblings. Yeah. Like, even down to the fact that she's like, oh, hey, sissy. Who calls their sister sissy? I don't even have a sister. But, like, have you ever seen me talk to my, my siblings and be like, hey, bro, hey, sib? Like... See, as a Kiwi, I call everybody bro. You, you do call everybody bro. <laughs> um, hey, sib. No. Hey, sibby. No. How's my sibbies? How my, how my sibbies? Shout out to my sibbies. No. Disgusting. Ta- shout out to my homeboy, Candy Floss guy. <laughs> also, actually, legitimate shout out to uh, a person on the subreddit. I'm, I did not memorize their name, but like, <laughs> I posted being like, hey, is any, has, if someone's watching this, can you tell me if there's a guy selling them Candy Floss? at some point in the movie <laughs> and so a couple of people were like yeah yeah no there's someone he interacts with a couple of people um i think i did mention that it was my brother and um someone some lovely person um went back in the movie and filmed so they had it on their tv and they filmed on their phone every shot that he was in and and pictures even when he's just like in the, in the background. background it was so sweet so it meant that like my family in ireland who who couldn't access it at all at that time all knew that he was he had made the cut because yeah. this this random person, um, online because it's just a nice community. I yeah. like it. I like when there's nice communities. I don't understand. 
I mean, I do understand. I was going to say, when people talk about Reddit like it's a horrible place, there are there are sections of Reddit that are horrible, but, like, every community I've ever tried to be involved in on Reddit is lovely. The Wellingtons of Reddit is wonderful. Yeah. The Hallmark movies of Reddit is full of lovely people. Um, so, yeah, so shout out to that person, because that was very nice, and I appreciate it. And I have since, obviously, seen seen the full movie. But um, but it was nice to know on the day that it was released that when we couldn't we couldn't see it. Well, what's really annoying is that we mentioned that we um we only caught about five to ten minutes of the movie in this twenty minute free trial. It turns out it was it finished two seconds before he appears on screen for yeah. the first time. So yeah. I was very annoyed watching the actual <laughs> movie and being like, oh my god, if that ad break hadn't been right where it was if the ad break hadn't been longer than the actual movie on screen yeah yeah if the ad break had been only like one minute yeah. <laughs> we would have seen him um but it doesn't matter we saw him in the end anyway it's um it's interesting yeah it's such an interesting um thing for 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 that because it's just yeah you, you're right some some are really good, some are really bad. Yeah. And it's very nice and very supportive to someone just be like, oh, your brother's in this? Sweet, I'll take us me. <laughs> oh, didn't they send you like a little video or a gif or something? Yeah, they sent me videos. They sent every, yeah. every time he had a line on screen, every time he spoke, they had a video of it. And every time he appeared in the background, they had a picture. It, was, it was lovely. Every single moment that he was in it. Because he got seen. cut. He was also in another movie and they got cut and he was like... Yeah, and that happens all the time with yeah. actors, especially if you're in like a small role or an or unnamed role. I believe the movie that um, he that you were referencing, he was credited as security guard. Yeah. Which is, you know, a name, a role that could be cut because it doesn't have a name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And you see that in credits that, you you know, you've got people as, you know, just like girl number one and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely like, famous people who are in movies that aren't. Like, um, I watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space because Sam Rockwell's in it. Sam Rockwell's not in that movie. Sam Rockwell's scenes were cut from that movie. <laughs> and I, didn't, I don't have Killer Clowns from Outer Space on Blu-ray, I think, is the only version that has the deleted scene with Sam Rockwell in it. And, I mean, it's a miracle they didn't just, like, get rid of it altogether. They're just pro- and they probably only put it back in because they're like, oh, he got famous, yeah, eventually. Yeah. Um, I think anyone who does, who does acting... Um, any kind of like screen acting probably has been in things where they suddenly are not in it anymore after the fact, especially if you've got a small role, you don't know what's going to make the cut in the end. Yeah. It's, so it was nice to he made it good. It definitely is an interesting, interesting um, industry mm. because, you know, it's, it's honestly easier folks to make your own movie if you don't like the movies that are getting made because you can download free editing software. Everybody has a smart... You're probably listening to us on a smartphone with some ridiculous megapixel camera and several gigs of space on there and you Mm -hmm. can just literally export it onto your computer and be like, I'm going to make my own movie. And you see how popular like YouTubers these days and how many people make millions of dollars per year and it, most of that crap is just like, hey, today I'm reacting to this garbage. Oh my <laughs> God, he fell over. Anyway, thanks. That'll be a million dollars per year that I make. No, there are literally people out there making... It's like, uh, I know you don't care about this, but the um, the guy who made the Astartes five-part series now works for Games Workshop. 
because it's better than any of the other crap they'd put out re- until they put out the it's like Warhammer Plus or whatever it is, which has got like weird, but of course like massive IP copyright striking. But it's just interesting to me that you know there are there is an entire market for it, and people are making whatever they want, and it's like um why the Martian the book is so popular. Because mm. you know the story about that. Every time he finished a chapter, he just posted it online for free. Yeah. And he was, like, ringing NASA. I think it was... Was it on, like, Live Journal or something? Something like that, yeah. yeah. He was, like, ringing NASA and, like, hey, what would happen if you did this in space? And they're, like, um, this? And he's, like, fantastic, right? <laughs> Good old Andy Weir. Yeah. yeah. I must read... I haven't read the book. I really should at some point. Oh, dude, I, I think when we did... Because that was our first episode was on The Martian. Yeah. And I feel like when we recorded that, which is like two and a half years ago now, I was like, oh, I must read the book sometime. I still haven't gotten around to it. The problem with me is, is I don't get enough time to sit down, so yeah. I prefer audiobooks. I don't own it, but I put it on my like Christmas wishes every year as a, as a thought for whoever has me for a Star Chris Kindle. What, The Martian? <laughs> the Martian, the book. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think so. I think it goes in my, uh, most years that goes up in my, I'm like, oh yeah, that's something I wouldn't mind getting. The Martian. So it'll be, it'll, it'll be on there forever until someone gets it to me, gets it for me for Christmas, and then I'll eventually read it. <laughs> I'll tell you what's on my Christmas list, folks. There's a call to action. Join our Discord. <laughs> the uh, link is in the footnotes. <laughs> yeah, because this is a book. <laughs> You're reading a book right now. You're just imagining our voices in what, your head. What is it called, then? The show notes. Show notes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. It's not a show, but okay. It is a show. No one can see us. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's not a show. What? And up next is Easy Top. Oh, no, that's it's a, a talkie. Sh- it's a talkie. Yeah, then, radio, it? sh- radio show. Um, a radio what? Oh, yeah, true. Wait, wait, wait. We, we were talking about your brother, and then Dublin's awesome. Dublin. Oh, Ireland's awesome. really old. That's true. Very London's true. too expensive to film in. Georgia gives people tax breaks. Yeah. Um, Hitting all the good points here. Uh, yeah, I think I'm just going to reiterate the fact that Christmas in Notting, in Notting Hill felt like an actual movie. Yeah. Where I don't know what's going on with Christmas in Homestead because it felt so meta. The character we haven't brought up is the ex-boyfriend. Oh, right, okay. I thought you, for some reason, I thought you were going to say the bodyguard. I don't know why that's what I thought you were Oh, yeah, that's, that's a cute relationship. We'll get into that. Yeah, I, I, I'm more invested in the, like, friendship between the small child and the bodyguard than I am yeah. in pretty much any of the relationships in Christmas and the Notting Hill. Yeah. Um, yeah, the ex-boyfriend. Yeah, that's something that we don't have. Because obviously in Christmas and Notting Hill, um, they kind of reference the fact that they both don't have relationships, haven't really had relationships in a while or whatever, and their y- much younger siblings are... Um, have got things more together than them. Yeah. In Christmas in Homestead, we start off at the at the bat with um, you know, like oh, how are you gonna get on filming this movie with your boyfriend? She's like, you mean my ex? Yeah. And then he's like trying to get back with her instantly, and then and like basically tells her halfway through filming the movie when she's like developing a relationship with um, uh, Roland shit that um, <laughs> that. Uh, He's not acting. Yeah, he's not acting. He's he doesn't really have to, him. you know, reach down deep into his acting chops to emote on on screen because he's really in love with her. And it is such a... 
everything about him except for the fact where he sort of like redeems himself sort of but in the most creepy way possible mm-hmm. um which is like disclosing the him taking a selfie of them kissing so he did that so he did take the selfie while he was being a shit at the yeah. beginning of the movie he he went to take a selfie with her and then she agreed to take the selfie and then when he went to take it he kissed her yeah and took it and she was like what, what are you doing um but yeah to get the paparazzi away from the guy she's actually interested in um he sold the picture of them kissing to the tabloids with you know a fake story about them getting back together yeah. so that the tabloids and the paparazzi would follow him which doesn't make any sense. And especially doesn't make sense because, like, two minutes later, she kisses the real guy in front of the whole town yeah, and the yeah. film crew and everyone. Yeah. So. Also, the relationship between the sister and the paparazzi guy annoyed me because he he's like, oh, you're right. You're so nice. I'll never... I shouldn't exploit your brother and I shouldn't sell this photo and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's not... He's paparazzi. That's not what he'd do. Yeah. He'd get the money. It's, um... That whole thing's also super weird because I remember yelling it at the screen while we're watching the movie. Oh, I did take down one quote that you... Oh, no, I don't think it's going to be what you just said, what you, right. what you were going to talk about. When um, being a paparazzi is just his Monday to Friday job, what he's really into is taking regular artsy photography. Right, right, right. And then, like, takes a candid photo of the sister trying to block her, her face because there's a random creep who's been hiding in a tree on their property, mm-hmm. taking a photo of her in the street. Yeah. And then the end of the movie, he gives the f- framed photo of her to her in her Christmas stocking yeah. with a release form. So that he can use it in an art show. Because someone wanted to see the photo in an art... How have you had time to do that, buddy? Yeah, like... yeah. Um, the, what, the quote that I took down, because I love it when you yell at the screen during Hallmark movies, was um when the when our friend Roland shit that's yeah. definitely the name of his character in this movie um says to her like oh I'm falling in love with you you shouted it's been two weeks calm the fuck down bro <laughs> um I thought that was beautiful <laughs> oh, that really summed it up um but what's very funny about it is that we watched this after we had watched. Chris is in Notting Hill. Yeah. And Chris, because there, there's a difference of 0.1 in the rating on IMDb, we normally watch the worst rated film yeah. first. Um, and in Chris is in Notting Hill, it's an even shorter time frame. Which you were, I think you were annoyed about it in Chris is in Notting Hill, but then in this one, even though it was a slightly longer time frame, you just, it, you just snapped. Because I don't think they said love at all in Notting Hill, right? Yeah, they were so. just like, we ha- I have, I'm conflicted and have feelings and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Um, both movies then end with a time skip to one year and one day later. Yeah. Um, which is a weird, weirdly specific thing to do. Um, and in, in one, they're premiering the film that they filmed there. And in the other, he's back with playing Premier League football. And in both of them, the other person has, the, the woman has moved to the town, seemingly. We don't actually know if that's what happened. Also the fact just, that... They happen to be there on that day. As you mentioned, behind the scenes, insider information, get it here on E. Uh-oh. Um... It was filmed in March and came out December. Yes. Where they're talking about a movie that has no um, VFX. Yeah. Is produced by her, takes a year to be released. Well, I mean, it was like that, or it takes a day to be released. I assume it took it, a year to be yeah, released. I'm, I'm... Um, the actual film, because that's one of the few bits of trivia 
So, so I've covered off two of the three bits of trivia. Here's the third <laughs> bit. Uh, the film. I'll read it word for word for you. The okay. film mirrors real life in certain ways, as it is a Christmas movie shot in a small town famous for its Christmas celebrations about a film crew who go to shoot a Christmas movie in a small town famous for its Christmas celebrations. However, while the fictional film crew takes advantage of the fictional town celebrations, the real film finished shooting over a month prior to the real town's Christmas celebrations. So in real life, it took about a month and a half. Yeah, which makes sense. Uh, so they shot it in October, and then <laughs> and then released it in December. Um, whereas in the movie, they shot it on Christmas Eve, like up to Christmas Eve. The last shot, the last shooting date was Christmas Eve, and then it was released Christmas Day the next year. Yeah, because we're all like, oh, happy Christmas. Um, and Christmas in Notting Hill is you know all the stuff happens Christmas Day. Is the culmination of things and the brother proposing to the sister and blah blah, blah. and then it's Boxing Day the following year that yeah. the match is happening and she's there. Um, they both leave it pretty ambiguous. Um, in that it seems that the relationships are still going in both, but we don't know. Are they long distance? Are they have they moved? Did we don't know? Did um Georgia go to the university and do her masters, or did she travel, or did she do neither of them and stay in London? It's it's left ambiguous. It's left too ambiguous, according to some people, because that was a a big point of contention on the homework subreddit. Fair. Because people no, no, were like, I, I did com- she do it? Did she not do it? I completely agree with those people because yeah. it's it feels like, again, like male priorities are put in front of yeah, and you know the the most famous one that pops up all the time for me on Reddit is the um, the scene from A New Hope. Where Luke's sad that Ben Kenobi's dead. Yeah. Yet, and Leia's, Leia's like looking at Entire after home planet has just been blown up. Yeah. yeah. In front of her. And it's yeah. just like, oh, I'm sorry, that old guy you it's knew. The, for... the strength of women. Yeah. It's piss poor writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I think the general consensus is that she must have done the year of travel thing um, and is back in town for Christmas. But the question then is whether Being or not that, like, they've a kept the premier London footballer. I don't know what the captain is, but the average pay is between like four to f- four point five to uh, three three point five to four point five million a year. Yeah, I'm a th- I'm assuming he would be able to afford to fly her on her holiday. Yeah, yeah, to fly her back from Christmas because yeah. she probably isn't teaching at Christmas week. Yeah. So the the assumption is. Because she did accept it during the movie, and but then kind of regretted it and wasn't sure did she make the decision too quickly. The assumption is that she kept the place on that program and did her one year of travel, and that and you know, yeah. and it remains to be seen what happens. Um, there was definitely a lot of discussion around changing styles of Hallmark movies, um, and these well, Christmas in Notting Hill, but I feel like it applies to Christmas in Homestead as well, being very much about the beginning of a relationship, yeah. with then a kind of a who knows what happened next, this is how it started, um, approach to it, rather than doing, like, a happily ever after, necessarily, thing. Can we talk about Gavin now? Can we talk about Gavin? Sure. What do you want to say about Gavin? 
the relationship between him and the daughter is absolutely fantastic and yeah. more riveting than like whatever else is happening <laughs> yeah, in that friggin' movie. It's great, it's great. So he's the bodyguard of the actress. Yeah. And the daughter, when she meets him first, is like, oh, I want a bodyguard um, so, because this girl that I know has a of horse <laughs> and I want to be cooler than her by having a bodyguard. And she's like, I understand you've got obligations, but... Uh, if you could just like walk me to school and to piano lessons or something like that, I can't remember yeah. what it was. Like, um, that would be great. Um, and then he's kind of like, okay, but then as it goes on, they actually develop a friendship yeah. and it's very sweet. Yeah. There's that like a, a moment where he's talking to her about how she feels about the whole tabloid situation, and then he's sitting down and she gives him like fake tea, and he's got his pinky finger up drinking yeah. the tea. It's very cute. Yeah, that that her reaction to. Gavin is better than her reaction to meeting her favourite actor. Actress, yeah. Because she's, like, watching repeats again, screen children. Children Mm -hmm. shouldn't be taught via screen um, or have limited screen time. Again, it's referenced that those movies were her mother's favourite and that's yeah. why she watches them over and over yeah. again. It's a, it's a whole... It's, a fa- I guess, a family tradition of being stuck in her, their mother's favourite traditions. Yeah. Um, Not everyone gets the catharsis that John Wick did by killing everybody. Yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> um, it's... Yeah, when, like... The extras in um, Christmas, Christmas in Notting Hill who react to... Graham Cracker, um, is, some of them are realistic, some of them are like... Yeah, it's a real mixed bag. It's a real mixed bag. I mean, I don't blame... It's almost a spice bag. I don't believe... Oh my god. (laughs) The girl, the girl at the beginning where, like, she wants to buy the jumper with his face on it, and and the woman's like, oh, you're a fan? She's like, yeah, and she's like, oh, I'm his mother! Yeah. Um, and then she calls him out of hiding, and she's like, oh, cool, all right, and she's real awkward, like, she's literally just being harassed. Yeah. I understand why she's not reacting all excited, but then there are others that are, like, reacting like they're Reacting, yeah, yeah, like, it doesn't take a lot of Googling to see what a real reaction to meeting a celebrity's like. Yeah. Um, that's why... Um, I sort of brush some dirt off my shoulder, like JC brush it off your shoulder, like Jay Z said. Um, that's why a lot of celebrities love New Zealand. And this of... is a, what Nick has just done is accidentally quoted this year's "Till Death Do Us Blart," where another New Zealander said the exact same yep. thing. Um, the fact that celebrities love New Zealand is because when we see them in public, the most you get out of a Kiwi is a nod. Mm. versus in other countries where you cannot go anywhere because then there'd be like 50,000 people surrounding you with cell phones pointed on your face while you're trying yeah. to eat a salad. Um, Big prime example, we mentioned James Cameron earlier. Yeah, we, we, we saw him the other day. It was just... Oh, no. <laughs> but I saw, I, there was an article about him living in New Zealand and he said like he loves it because he lives in Wellington. I haven't seen him around except yeah. for the time where you know he was yeah. actually talking or something we were at. Yeah, we were just hanging out with, with Jim. Yeah, we were just hanging out with Jim. Um, but like that, he said that he walks along the waterfront in Wellington and he yeah. either will get no response or occasionally someone will nod and go, hi, Jim. Yeah. And that's it. That's the level of... Yeah. excitement that you get from celebrities in New Zealand I've seen people in, oh, I mean you know Kiwi celebrities like Jermaine Clement and stuff yeah. and I just blatantly ignore them <laughs> so that's what you do I mean in fairness Jermaine Clement was just like getting food at the same food stall as me Yeah. but I, oh, my entire thought was like oh he likes these dumplings too you know like 
My favorite reaction uh, interaction with you and a celebrity was the time that you were at the airport and you saw Dylan Morin. Oh my god. And Dylan Morin. I think you meant something that you that you witnessed. Yeah, no, no. Dil- the Dylan Morin situation. That was so funny cuz it was just um I didn't do anything or say anything. But I was walking through Dublin Airport and I saw Dylan Moran and it was just that moment of recognition. Yeah. You know, you, you can tell when someone looks at you and they recognize you. Yeah. And he just gave me this death stare and like a subtle like shake of the head. And I was like, okay, this man does not want to be noticed. We <laughs> <laughs> keep walking. It was that like, 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 don't do it. <laughs> do not draw attention to me right now. And, um, and then I, it was funny because I actually... Um, spoke to a friend of mine who had been at a Dylan Warren show the night before and said Dylan Warren got plastered at the show. Yeah. So obviously when I saw him, he was incredibly hungover. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. I saw a Darrell O'Brien once at a, at a, a train station. That's, I mean, I don't know if people would consider Darrell O'Brien a celebrity. Um, talking of another thread that popped up on Reddit recently, which was talking about the, the absolute love for Kenny's, a place I used to work at, which is now gone. Yeah. I mean, uh, I made uh, the lead singer of She Hard right. a, a steak sandwich once, which was commented on how nice the steak sandwiches were. <laughs> but I remember making him a sandwich and just being like, oh. Oh, it's, it's so-and-so. Okay, cool. Going to make him a sandwich. Yeah, like, yeah. That was the end of it. Have I told you about when I met John Hurt? Uh, I don't remember. Um, so he was he did like a talk. But my my brother actually organized it. Candy Floss Guy. Yeah. You know my brother Candy Floss Guy? Yeah. Um, uh, well, he was in a drama society in his co- university college. Um, John Hurt was invited as a fellow, like he was given like an honorary fellowship or whatever, mm-hmm. and he did like a talk and things, and then he let people come up and get things signed afterwards. And I, I didn't have anything John Hurt related, so I literally took one of the posters advertising that show or yeah. that that like talk, and I went up to him, and I just and you know this is a you know it's like in a, a, a the same kind of setting as a convention where the person is expecting you to know who they are and be a fan yeah. and have fan interactions whatever and I just like I don't know if I panicked or if I just blanked but what I said to him the only words I said to John Hurt were I loved you in the animated Lord of the Rings which is who who would say that to John Hurt John Hurt the elephant man yeah you know alien yeah come up 1984 or whatever you know you you even more modern ones like what was it v for vendetta yeah you know come up with something that people care about <laughs> <laughs> hey i so i loved you when you played aragorn in the 1978 ralph bakshi lord of the rings movie <laughs> obviously your most popular role you know i mean even if i like if i if i had wanted to specifically go with animated films i could have said watership down yeah um but that was that was my interaction with john hurt was was hey i loved you in the animated lord of the rings (laughs) (laughs) but it means see i i think i think the problem is with both well it's not a problem i think the little quirk about both of us is we like things that are more obscure than most people. Right. If I was going... If, if, hypothetically, because I know people who know Sam Neill, mm-hmm. if I was ending up going to end up meeting Sam Neill in real life, yeah. I would probably... If I, if I had prep time, mm-hmm. I would take the sleeve out of 
Event Horizon yeah. rather than Jurassic Park. I was going to say, what about Hunt for the Wilder People? But I like him. I like him. Event, the... Event Horizon is a great movie. Yeah. But you have, do you not have In the Mouth of Madness on DVD? Because you've got like a box set or whatever. I, I think I do, yeah. Because um, that would be a fun one. But what well. I'm saying is, is that if yeah. I was meeting Sam Neill in you, real Event life, just random. Yeah, but that's like, a I fantastic your... film. I mean, yeah. not, not, I mean, I do enjoy the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings, yeah. but it's like a, a bizarre film. But it'd about. be the same if like I met... Mark Hamill, I wouldn't be like, I loved you in Star Wars. I'd be like, I loved the you jo- as, as a Joker. Voice. As the Joker. Yeah, yeah. Every, everyone does. Yeah. Um, I've got I've got some weird DVDs. I could have said Cockknocker. Okay, I don't even know what that uh, is. He, he cameos in um, one of Kevin Smith's movies. I mean, uh, Bigsby Bear. Oh yes, Yo, he's so good in that. <laughs> um, well, I I have I do have some weird DVDs signed because we because I did go to film school, so there were occasionally like visiting lectures that were, you know, relatively famous people. Kieran Hines actually is one that I met. I didn't have anything to give him, but if I did in Bruges, one hundred percent would have been. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, there was a guy, I can't think of his name, it was Barry something, I've forgotten his last name, but he was like a director, writer, maybe writer-director, and he had worked on, no, he wasn't like a director, uh, a DP, I think, director yeah. of photography, yeah. he had worked on The Hurt Locker. Right. So so at the time I met him, he was shortlisted for an Oscar, yeah. for The Hurt Locker, Yeah. and I brought in a DVD of track 29, no one knows what track 29 is. Yeah, I barely know what track 29 is, but it's a really weird, obscure 80s movie starring Gary Oldman as someone's maybe son, maybe hallucination, who she has an ancestral relationship with. And I got this guy, <laughs> and what he said to me was, I didn't even know they made DVDs of this. And I was like, well, should you sign it? Um, and it's like I met... Um, Jeremy Bullock, you. Well, this is one that I have here because I brought it with me. Yeah. Um, I met Jeremy Bullock at a at a Star Wars convention. Literally, you know, the guy who plays Boba Fett. Yeah. At a Star Wars convention, and I brought him a DVD of um my favorite serial of Doctor Who, because he was in it, yeah. and he but he remembered it and he signed it as Hal the Archer. You know, yeah. like he knew he knew what was up, but like, no, he was a, he, in fairness, it was an empty queue. No one was going up to see him. Kenny Baker was there and everyone was going to see Kenny yeah, Baker. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Boba Fett's my boy. But also, <laughs> like, I didn't even bring anything Boba Fett related. I was just like, hey, I love Doctor Who and you were in this one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that, I'm sure... I, I wonder, the guy who's, who I got to sign the DVD of Track 29, I won, I, like, he's the only one of these people that I feel like at some point might still think about it. Yeah. Be like, why did someone even have that? <laughs> and why, like, a teenager who brought it to me at a college? Like, what were they doing? <laughs> What's wrong with that person? What if that person's in jail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a weird movie. Okay, Christopher Lloyd is in it as well. Anyway, to the point I originally made is some of the extra work is awful. It's a mixed bag. It's a spice bag. Um, of yeah, and it's it's so weird having like people going up to Graham Cracker and being like, ah, like when he leaves his brother's engagement ring behind in the cafe. And yep. she just like walks up to him like she's about to exp- like she her blood is made from like 
explosives and she's like light on the precipice yeah, going yeah, yeah. thermocritical. And there's like the kids that just shout at him in the park. And yeah. Stuff. And he's just a football player. I don't get it. Well, I suppose, I mean, I guess the idea is that he's supposed to be like the equivalent of like David Beckham or something, right? Is, is Manchester United a Premier League? I don't know how yes. it works. Okay. Manchester United is one of the Premier League teams that has never left the Premier League. I right. believe. I believe. The one, I don't know if the one that they use in this is even a real one. I feel like it's a made-up one. Yeah. Um, you were saying... You said something really interesting, which I thought was hilarious. Which is what? You said he doesn't... Earlier in the movie, oh. you said he doesn't talk like a footballer. Yeah, this was, this was a comment from my mum. Yeah. Shout out. Um... And all the fancy people go to rugby schools, not football schools. Yeah. So a little bit of disbelief in the the story. Yeah, yeah. Because he's clearly clearly brought up in a wealthy family and is... Oh, yeah. The the family comes off with old money. Yeah, 100%. They come across super wealthy. Uh, He's got a very posh accent. Yeah. Um, Like the guy who I think is supposed to be his coach... He sounds more like someone who would actually be in that job. Their relationship felt really weird. weird. Really strange, yeah. It was like a... He's like texting his mum as well, was he? Yeah. Yeah, bizarre. Oh no, his mum was texting him and he's all like, I told her to stop. (laughs) But like, at the same time, his mum's selling shirts? Yeah, his mum's like... And then she said that the money's going to his non-profit? Yeah. It's bizarre. And she's making like, like handmade, or she's well, not handmade, printed, printed, printed um, ugly, ugly Christmas jumpers with his, his face, face on. Yeah, it's yeah. like Santa or an elf or just in the middle of like. It's very strange. They're not even well made. You'd think they'd have the money to make better ones. Yeah. It's just really strange. And she's just selling them at like a random market and she has them like hiding in the background with it, with sunglasses on so she can bring them out when, when she when, wants to and get people to help. When ha- young people don't believe that she's his mum. Yeah, and then get, get them to post like hashtag Lynn's market or whatever on the... Yeah. And thing. then of course somebody actually does it and then obviously everybody turns up and like yeah. swaps him. But then he's all like, bye! And they all agree and he can just walk away, which is bullshit and all what happens. You saw what happened with um, Thanks and his wife at the airport. That yeah. was disgusting. That's what real paparazzi, paparazzi are like. Yeah, yeah. I do think it's worse in America. But London, I think, will be pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, if they were actually in Dublin, sure. Yeah. It might not be. <laughs> because I feel like in Ireland, we've got a... We're not as famous for it as you are here in New Zealand, but I feel like we've got a relatively similar idea of... That just, person's just trying to get a sandwich. Yeah, the just leave them be. If they're in a situation where they are, you know, deliberately interacting with fans and stuff, yeah. sure. But otherwise, just let them. Sorry, let any, them go any, to subway in the yeah. in the train station or whatever. Yeah, not everyone's like Keanu Reeves who can just like rides the subway and it's like a normal person because he's not acting. Yeah. Uncomfortably, no one actually realizes it's friggin' Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, the, the the I almost lost it because the bit that I remembered um, from a movie of fans interacting with famous people was that moment where, in spoilers for the movie, being John Malkovich, when Malkovich ends up outside of the gets dropped off by the motorway, mm-hmm. and some random person just throws a can at him. Yeah, and it's a crew member. 
but and like the whole thing was like a setup with like Malkovich agreeing and the crew like all of it was like done behind the crew's the main directing crew's back. Yeah. But it just that moment is just like the most hilarious because they call his name out and he turns and gets hit in the head with a can. It was just like yeah. that is such a deep cut on on like people because that wouldn't have happened in real life. It was just such a funny moment mm. of just like this horrific time knife based trauma that happens to John Malkovich yeah. gets dropped out of the midair and lands on the ground and then someone just hits him in the head with a can and it is such a beautiful moment in cinema. I love it. But yeah, it just it just like that was what popped into my brain. Mm. How people interact with stars. Yep. I still want to write a movie where he plays a job thing. <laughs> Probably gets thousands of them. Um Hey, remember that really weird throwaway line in that weird movie yeah, yeah. that you were in? Where do you want to go from here? Budget and box office don't really make yeah, sense. Really they're both six point five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. No, they're not six point five percent. No, they're both. One of them is six point five, and the other one six point six on IMDb. Um, on, on Rotten Tomatoes, neither of them have any critic scores, but. Christmas in Notting Hill is at 60% audience rating, and Christmas in Homestead is at 42%, so they're, you yeah. know, on the lower end of the scale. Me- they're mediocre. They're mid- mid-range. Um, I didn't hate them. No. Um, it's definitely some enjoyable parts, some more enjoyable than others, and they both had positive things and less positive things. Um, do we talk about the the jewelers, the controversial you, fact you, that they? You can as a, as a <laughs> I don't want to. I'm not going to go into it. I just think it's funny that there's been a there's been a little bit of controversy because they um they buy the engagement ring in Britons, which is a Dublin jeweler, and they go around with the Britons bag, and it's a Dublin jeweler, and it doesn't exist in Notting Hill. <laughs> I actually used to work with um the the son and daughter of the the jeweler. <laughs> Just funny, because they ran a uh, a music venue. I don't think I don't know if it's still open or not. They ran a music venue in Dublin that I used to do photography at. Um, so that I thought that was funny because I knew that it was from from the controversy online that there was a uh, a jeweler who was Irish in it, and then I didn't realize it was that one. But there you go. Shout out to all the people who listened to us on Spotify because we just did our Spotify wrapped yes. and saw the fact that we're. A lot of people are listening, new people are listening to us this, yep. this year. And Absolutely. And uh, we had like something like 13% growth and um, we were in 20 people's top 10 podcasts and 15 people's top 5. So that, that would have appeared on their Spotify rap. 15 yep. people would have had us in top 5 and then 5 people had us as their number 1 podcast in, yep. in 2023. So thank you so much for listening to us and, and you know, consistently listening to us or... If you've shared with your friends, because it, it um eighty one percent of shares of yeah, direct links. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, quite a lot of of our listens on Spotify have been from people sharing. So it really makes a difference. Um, if you enjoy our podcast or you know any podcast that you enjoy, if you if you share that with your friends, yeah. Um, you know we can see that that's happened and, uh, it makes an impact on our on our numbers and um, yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah. And like Nick said, you can join our Discord. Um, we are active on, you know, Instagram and Tumblr primarily. We do post on Facebook, but not not a lot. Um, just you know, when new episodes are out, we post on there. And uh, 
yeah, our Discord, we have an episode discussions channel where people talk about our most recent episodes. Um, and we have a whole lot of other stuff on there if you want to post wherever. And also our website of it takes two .co.nz. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the first of two holiday movies. The next one is going to be more something. Don't know. You'll have to find out what I mean. <laughs> okay. I didn't know where you were going with that sentence. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.